0: And welcome to the movie podcast review of The French Dispatch. Je m'appelle Shabazz, and I am joined by my uh, other French baguettes. Uh, I have Daniel. Bonjour. 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 And
1: Anthony. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. What? What? Why are you from London, England, France? Yes. By the why way?
0: are you? Why are you Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins? <laughs> Everyone in know.
2: this movie has an English accent, kind it's of true. But it's true. A, no, no one had an English or an American except accent except for the French
0: people. Yeah, except for <laughs> yeah. the
2: French people. Yeah,
0: yeah, they had a, they had a French accent.
2: Yeah.
1: uh How are you guys doing today?
2: Uh, well i'll let anthony respond first of course well i'm doing well i'm doing well if you're listening to this and you probably will know that by sunday i expect you to have listened to this to know i'm doing well yeah good
0: yeah (laughs) like a time you're not doing well i think that's the concern uh, every day. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> every other day when we're
1: not recording, he's not doing well. A yeah. little bit of an easter egg for you guys. Yeah. Anthony's only well when he is with us. We're, yeah. it's very true. <laughs> I'm also doing well, too, though. I am doing well. Thank you very I'm, much. I'm really glad to hear Merci that. Merci beaucoup. Oh!
0: Okay. Well, Jean-Mapel, as always, you can catch a new episode of the movie podcast every single Monday and watch out throughout the week for review episodes on all the latest movies and series. Make sure to follow us at the movie podcast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and letterbox. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple podcasts, join our discord as well. And all that stuff will be in the show notes down below. We also have this wonderful thing called an email address that you can send us emails to. It's hello at ca. Daniel, you know, not a, an episode has gone by where you haven't been gracing us with
1: some announcements. Do you mind giving us some more today? I will. I, I think I should give you some more today, but the Thank only, you. you know, the only one I really want to let you guys know is that the three of us have seen Marvel Studios Eternals. We have some social reactions out right now, so t- head over to our Instagram or Twitter, wherever you follow us. You would hear our exact thoughts on the film briefly. Our full review will be coming out on October 24th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you're listening to this review before that or after that date, make sure you go check out and hear exactly what we think about Marvel Studios Eternals. And... Uh, it's spoiler free. So you could go in, uh, just hear our thoughts on the film without spoiling it for yourselves. Uh, the only spoiler is that we greatly enjoyed it. Damn, you gave it away. <laughs> Again, don't listen to it now. <laughs> don't it's listen to the episode now. Yeah, don't listen you to
0: it Anthony, but You never know how Anthony was doing as well then. So maybe you should listen it's to it. It's true. To for you that have reason, also I'll listen, listen to that. the
1: episode. For for his uh, mental health, at least. Yeah, please. <laughs> uh, again, the movie that
0: we're reviewing today is The French Dispatch, and it has a phenomenal cast. I'm about to read this whole cast list, and uh, I'm going to try my best to not butcher some names and also not pass out. Benicio Del Toro, Adrian Brody, Tilda Swinton, Leia Siddow, Francis McDormand, Timothy Chalamet, Lena Kudry, Jeffrey Wright, Christopher Waltz. Edward Norton, Jason Schwartzman, Bill Murray, and of course, Owen Wilson. Now with a cast list like that and a name like the French dispatch, you can only assume that this movie was directed by the one and only Steven Spielberg. Now, of course, this is clearly Wes Anderson's wheelhouse with that kind of a casting, with that kind of a cast. This is a Wes Anderson film. So I'm excited to talk about it. This movie will be available in theaters, October 22nd, 2021 in theaters only. Thank you to our friends over at Searchlight Pictures as well for inviting us to watch this movie. Anthony, give us the synopsis of what this movie is all about.
2: The French Dispatch brings to life a collection of stories from the final issues of an American magazine published in a fictional 20th century French city. Thank
0: you so much. Daniel, give us your first reactions to Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch.
1: And that was a very short and sweet synopsis, by the way. Just, just, you know, just this is what it is. It's it's a Wes Anderson movie. Um, and I, I think that's where I'm at right now with my first reaction. You know, this is a Wes Anderson movie. This is the most Wes, Wes Anderson movie to ever Wes Anderson, in my opinion, because everything that you would hope to he- see and hear and enjoy in a friend uh, oh my god i keep wanting to say french anderson in a wes anderson movie <laughs> <laughs> french anderson that's what he went <laughs> i'm just by abbreviating it um everything you would want to see and hear and enjoy and take away from a wes anderson film is in here uh, i will say this movie is a bit lighter on the comedy and i think just the the cunningness that we're we're so used to seeing within his films like Moonrise Kingdom and Grand Budapest and Darjeeling limited and all his other films. Um, even fantastic Mr. Fox and Isle of Dogs. Like there's a lot more comedy in them where this feels a little bit more like he's going down the drama route. Yes. It's, there's some ridiculous moments in it and it's very funny, but, uh, I think this reminds me also so much of, you know, we've been talking over the last couple of years of doing this show that, you know, I think we're really starting to see a lot of directors embrace everything that they've done before. Where I, And what I mean by that is like we look at Christopher Nolan and then we look at a movie like Tenet. Tenet is very much a Christopher Nolan movie that's just him doing whatever he wants and doing it as big as he wants and going full on crazy with his Christopher Nolan isms. You know, you look at the Irishman and that's Martin Scorsese doing whatever he wants, going full into it, doing whatever like in, in his style and his vision, and all of that. And even once upon a time in Hollywood and hateful eight with Tarantino, that's him just, that's him as a director doing whatever he wants, bringing it to the screen and knowing that his audience, I think will respect that and like that. I think this Wes Anderson film is his most just I'm going to do what I do best and I'm just going to kind of leave it all on on the film, on in the film canister and just bring you something that feels like it's a passion project. Feels like it's a combination of everything we've seen him do before with obviously having these giant ensemble casts, having animated parts, having claymation, having, you know, just these eccentric characters all intertwine and tell a story that's in the kind of format of a magazine. Uh, So it's like, there's like this, uh, that alone. And then having it said in France, like this is such a Wes Anderson movie. Um, That's the best way I could put it. But I did uh, enjoy a lot of aspects of this movie. I think the biggest, uh, my biggest complaint or my biggest, um, I think criticism of this film. And I promise I'm wrapping up uh, just like this movie It's just just, sorry, just like my review and first reaction, it's too long. It just feels so drawn out. And for a movie that's under two hours, it feels like it's pushing three. Are you done? Uh, actually, no. Act 2. Act, uh, two. <laughs> second, re- second reaction.
0: Yeah, second reaction. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting that you, you mentioned that this movie feels like a passion project for Wes Anderson. Now, I haven't seen every Wes Anderson film, but I do enjoy his work. Um, but from what I've seen of his, this movie, it doesn't so much feel like a passion project as it just feels like another movie, from at least in my opinion, that's in his roster. Because... It feels like every movie he does is a passion yeah. project because they're so unique. They're so Wes Anderson, and it's like, yeah, they're so
1: crafted and and handmade. Yeah. Right? They're their own genre in a way. You right? Know? They really are. Um, it's funny because it's like uh, you know we taught a bot to watch uh, to, to, to watch ten for, uh, Wes Anderson films, yeah. and this is what it came up with. This is the script that it
0: came up with. This is the script that came up with. Anthony, what about yourself? You're you're a Wes Anderson head, as they call it. Uh, they call you, I think, Mr. Anderson. Um, but that's also <laughs> yeah. because you love The Matrix. What was your first reaction to Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch?
2: I was conflicted because I was going into this film really expecting it to be the typical Wes Anderson movie you would see, and um, what his previous work was. But you get the visuals, and you get that look and style. But the story doesn't connect. Like for me personally, just I couldn't connect with the three stories that was being told in front of me, and I just was looking for the humor that I'm so used to. Um, and the like I said, the visuals are there. That that part of the storytelling that we all love from Mr. Anderson um, is there, and some of it is very unique. I like the aspects of the the stills where they would. It would pop up on the screen, very comic book-like, and they would just freeze frame. And they there was a really cool scene in the... I think it was in the jail or... I don't know where it was, but it, these cops came out and they had their guns and they all came out from all around. Yes. they stopped and it, it just looked almost like it's 3D-ish. But the story is just... At points it became... I'm trying to understand what these stories are. Maybe I'm not that bright to really grasp the aspect of the, especially the middle story, the revolutionary and that was with um, Timothy Chalamet. But I just couldn't get into these stories that were being told. I just couldn't, I couldn't care. I didn't care about anything that was happening on screen. And I wonder if it was because he broke it down in three segments with three different, um, we'll see, magazine uh writers like
1: sex and, yeah it's sections and, and sections, writers right
2: and it didn't really intersect with one another and i think maybe that's where i was disconnected off of it but you're right dang i think this is wes anderson being his most like i said ambitious ever but um i think for me i had different expectations going in
1: I, I think uh, I think a point that you mentioned too is like having it broken into three different parts. Um, I think that's also what um, takes a lot of the uh, momentum out of the movie. Right? Because I think the movie starts really strong, you know, telling the story of this magazine and then we kind of jump into the actual magazine itself. And the first act is, you know, Leia Sudeau and Benicio Del Toro and Adrian Brody. And it's a really funny story. I would have taken a whole movie just of that scene, of, the, of that of that kind of act once we jump to the timothy and you know bless him we got two two timothy chalamet movies in theaters this week with dune as well um this movie just i i think it's his section that really dragged for me and it i wasn't like i just felt like it needed to be a lot shorter because when we get to the third act which was another really well-made act that one because I was so burnt out by the second act of the movie, by the time he got there, I'm like, wow, this movie, this act feels even longer. Um, And yes, it's wrapping everything up, but it just felt like it was just longer than it needed to be. And this movie clocks in in what an hour and 47 minutes. So it's not that long.
2: It's just not well paced. This is his most like unusually paced film that I've ever seen him do. Cause it's just this it's an hour and 40 minutes and it felt like a friggin' the 10 commandments.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's a, that's a great way of putting it. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think for me, you know, I, I love the visuals. I was so just blown away by how he was able to, Take moments and kind of break them out of their mold and break them out of their shell. I think when it when it comes to the way that he he creates his films, they're absolutely beautiful. They're absolutely stunning. And when you have something like that's really outside of the box like this, the visuals can only last for so long. And I think one of my favorite visuals was when you have, uh, and I'm totally blanking on the actor's name, but he plays. He was in the. He was in the. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, and he was also in – he played Flash in the Spider-Man Homecoming series. Um, When he's playing young Benicio and they're trying to show them age, you know, Benicio walks into the frame, taps him on the shoulder, and then they just literally swap seats. Yeah. And it was such a smart way of showing age and time. It was so – it was such like a like an fu you to every other director out there that's tried to make it so complicated and show aging. It was so smart yeah. and I really enjoyed that. But again, it can only take you so far. And if you're in a movie that's, again, an hour and 47 minutes long and it feels like it's forever, it, the, the visuals alone don't help.
1: Right, yeah. the The actor's name we were talking about is Tony Ravioli. That's uh, it. Yeah, who's uh, I was like
0: Ravioli. That's why I was Ravioli. Right.
1: Yeah. Tony Ravioli. That's, <laughs> Tony uh, Ravioli. But, I think um, that's Anthony's cousin, by the way. Uh, <laughs> that's his
0: name in the streets, I believe. Hey, uh, Tony Ravioli. <laughs>
1: hey, Tony Ravioli. Come on, get. <laughs> but
0: you know, in, in typical West Anderson fashion, the, the music's great, the dialogue is great. But yes, you're right. It isn't one of his funnier films, and I know that he's not an immediately comedic director but the way he writes ends up being comedic the characters in the first story stick with you the characters in the second story don't and for me personally the characters in the third story didn't do much but I did love the animated sequence in the third movie but like you mentioned Daniel because you're so burnt out from the second story that when you get to the third story it might be excellent but it doesn't hold you the first story as well is great but when it actually finally ends, you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm, I'm willing for this movie to be done as well because the first story also feels like it's like an hour long. It it's does, a really, yeah. Yeah, it's a really slow film. It's really slowly paced, but it and, it and it doesn't grab you. I think the way that Wes Anderson wanted to grab you. Again, he he's fully mastered his own visual style. I think he's full formed at this by this movie, but it doesn't hold you the way it should
1: definitely and you know you know we're looking at you know technically four stories even though because we have like the magazine itself and then the the writers the backdrop um, I guess the backdrop right Um, like I said like I would have loved to have a story just of you know you know Benicio Tilda Swinton Tony Ravioli Adrian Brody like I would have loved to have like their their whole sequence felt like that would have been an awesome film. Um, the other two, I think when, when you look at them, you know, Timothy's fine. I think Frances McDormand was the standout in the second act because she's just a world-class actress. Like, she is phenomenal. And then, of course, Jeffrey Wright um, owns the second act for me, too. You know? I think he's phenomenal in the second act. Um, it's funny, third you know, one? with with the third act, Jeffrey Wright's. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it, it's funny, too, because... Wes Anderson always has his kind of his regular players that he always has working with him. Right. So Owen Wilson, uh, Ed Norton, Adrian Brody, Jason Schwartzman, like you have all of these guys there in very small roles, almost blink and you miss it. So I, I have to I give him respect for always kind of bringing in these people into it. But also when you have like people like Willem Dafoe or or Ed Norton in this case or just really a lot of the cast of this movie, you know, like Christoph Waltz, and you have just a lot of people that are in it for blink and you miss it. Like I would have loved to see more of them. It just that felt a little bit more distracting having these actors or some of these actors in it and not Leif giving Schreiber them a bit. As well, Shriver mm-hmm. as well. Like he's in it, but like without giving them a little bit more to do in the film, right? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Anthony, I was going uh, Yeah, I was gonna say like uh, based on all his movies. Um, I was just looking at the IMDB ratings. This movie is right now rated at a 7.2 and his last movie that was very similar in ratings was, um, Darjean limited. So I think, I think this was a passion project of his, and maybe that's where we, and we had that, those expectations thinking it was going to be a different story. And maybe this, this is just a one-off and his next film will kind of go back to that storytelling that we're so familiar with. Um, I did like the idea of a magazine. Me too. Acted out, which was very, it was a very cool concept. I think it's just the stories and the script where it kind of fell. I don't want to say flat because I think he spent a lot of time writing the script. I just don't think the script, really can connect it to me. A lot of people love this movie. It's, it's, it's a weird, um, a lot of critics love it. I think if you are a film, you know, a tour, I think you'll like this. I think if you, if you love, um, the, the art of writing, I think you'll love this, but not everyone is going to come out of this who are Wes Anderson film fans want thinking that this was going to be this comedy or this fantastical, Um, story that we normally have seen in the past Um, that's not something you're going to get out of this I believe
1: it's true and and I think right now you know he just finished or is wrapping up um, his next film which also has a giant cast part of it Mm -hmm. as well and probably his most you know High profile cast as well, too, because you have Tom Hanks, you have Margot Robbie, you have Brian Cranston, you have Scarlett Johansson, uh, Tony Ravioli. Like, there is a lot of big names in his next film, Asteroid City, which I'm assuming is going to be coming out next year, um, or maybe the following year. But, um, I'm, I, I, I have such respect for Wes Anderson's art. So th- this is in no way a bad film. I just think that if you are somebody who, um, Maybe, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to save that my final thought for my final reaction. So I'll save it. I'll save it for that. Well, let's not waste any time then. Here we go. Let's get the final reaction. <laughs> here it is. Here it is. Here it is. <laughs> this isn't the film. If you were on the fence about liking Wes Anderson or not liking Wes Anderson, this is not the film that is going to convince you to like him. I think if you are a fan of Wes Anderson, you already know you're going to like this film. You're probably going to love this film. And you're going to come out of it knowing that this is exactly what you want from a director like him. This isn't going to be a film for to bring a new audience to his work, because I don't think it's his most accessible accessible of films. But I do think that this film has all the great things that you would want out of his film, which is absolutely beautiful set design, great performances, eccentric characters, and... Every shot of this bloody movie is a painting that I would have on my wall because it's just shot so, so, so beautifully. And I want to give proper credits as well to the cinematographer of this film, Robert Yeoman, who is a beautiful cinematographer um, and has worked obviously with um, uh, Wes Anderson on Grand Budapest and Moonrise Kingdom and Darjeeling Limited and Royal Tannenbaums all the way going back to Bottle Rocket. So he's worked like, nine or 10 times with Wes Anderson. So um, beautiful cinematography, uh, great characters, but uh, it's a little dense of a film. So it's not his most fun watch. Uh, I think it's still a a well-made film. And I think if you're interested, I would say stream it.
2: Thank you so much, Anthony. What about yourself? Yeah, I, I concur with Daniel's sentiments. I would say this is, this is for me, a definite stream it. But I think if you're a Wes Anderson film, like lover of his films, you're going to watch this no matter what. But if you're on that fence or if you wanted to go watch a a movie on a Tuesday, I probably would recommend to go you watch uh, The Last Duel rather than this film.
0: Thank you so much for that. Um, And not to sound like an echo, but yeah, if you're a fan of Wes Anderson, you're going to be watching this movie no matter what. Uh, But I do feel like a lot of Wes Anderson fans will place this film at the bottom of their list when they look at, you know, how they rank his movies. Um, if you're not a fan or you've never really ventured into Wes Anderson movies, I don't think you know this is the one that's going to get you on the track. Um, for me personally, again, I love the visuals and I think everything about the way it's made is phenomenal. But because it was so slow and really not engaging for me, I'm going to say skip it. Um, but for Wes Anderson fans, go watch it in theaters. Go watch it at home. Uh, it is a 20th century film, so maybe one day it'll end up on Disney+. Plus. Who knows when that'll be? Uh, Might be a great time to look into that as well. Again, you can follow us at The Movie Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Letterboxd. We're still on the hunt for 200 five-star reviews, so please go ahead and give us those five stars. Leave us a comment. We love reading them out. Write into into us at hello at themoviepodcast.ca. And don't forget, you can catch our episode, our review of Eternals coming out on the 24th of October, because that's one you're going to not want to miss. That's a really cool review and I don't know why I emphasize cool, <laughs> cool review nothing to do with, as, with what the review is about nothing
1: no but we I did I did cold, like that maybe uh, yeah maybe we we're a little <laughs> cold I also like that Anthony's like yeah uh, don't watch the French Dispatch watch The Last Duel but both of them take place in France very different things happen in those movies though. it's so true just be, just I would also French.
0: say I would also recommend go watch The Last Duel over French Dispatch as well you uh, we can catch a brand new episode of the movie podcast every single Monday and throughout the week we drop these review episodes and also these little episodes that tell you about how Anthony's doing, so they're very important. Check out all of our show notes down below. That was this time with the movie podcast, and we'll see you next.